Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. Sorry, I was taking pictures, so I kind of got behind. But for those who are just joining us, we're continuing um, in a series that we're doing called Give It a Shot. And we are not talking about giving. We're more focusing on the aspect of generosity. And um, generosity is, is really giving to an extreme. And extreme generosity is one of our core values. Um, that being said, let me say thank you to all you guys who have been extremely generous with our um, building the temple. Uh, because of your generosity, uh, we are over the one-third point of everything that we need to do. And if you go outside, I realize it's cold, so you'll be rushing to your cars. But if you look up, uh, both of the roofs on the parsonage and the church um, are completed. And, um, yeah, praise God for that. Okay. <laughs> I know it's just a roof, but wow, praise God. But uh, those are completed, and that is because of you guys giving. And I realize it's rough when you ask people to be generous with their financial resources, especially going into the holiday season because there's so many other things tugging at you for your financial resources, but it is greatly appreciated. So thank you to all of you who have given. We're going to continue to, I think someone asked me, how long are we doing this for until we reach our goal? Uh, we've still got so much more to do. We've got a lot of work to do downstairs. We have um, some parking lot work to do, but I think I mentioned before, the doors are put on. There's been some painting. We still have some more painting stuff to do. There's a lot to do, but thank you for those of you who were generous for that and to those of you uh, who were generous with the free wheelchair mission. Um, how many of you were here last week when uh, Linda shared about that? Was that not amazing? It's awesome. Uh, so what we're going to do, the wheelchair is still here. It's over there in the corner. And when we put up our Christmas tree next Sunday, uh, we will start collecting all of you who said, yeah, I want to donate um, and we'll have these little cards uh, to donate. If those of you who said, yeah, I want to donate a whole chair, $71.88 to donate a whole chair, we'll put your name on here and hang these on the tree and, and collect your donations for Linda. Those of you who said, well, hey, I'm not going to donate a chair. If you're just going to donate uh, $20 to buy a wheel, I'm fine if all she gets is a whole bunch of wheels. Hey, uh, it's a wheelchair, so those are necessary parts, um, main parts, actually. Other than that, it's just a chair, actually just a lawn chair. But uh, if you're donating, whether with people or together or by yourself, we'll collect all that. And we're going to keep the chair here through Christmas. So, uh, and if some of you may want to, I don't know, you don't have to, but may want to take pictures of the chair and then ask your family members if they want to donate a wheel or your coworkers or whoever, uh, however that works out for you, that's great. Some of you have also donated to... Uh, the Philippines, how many of you guys have heard all the devastation that's gone on down there? Um, literally, this is what it looks like. Uh, if you could imagine if, and we're not near water, so it's hard for us to picture that. But if you could imagine, uh, how many of you guys heard about all of the uh, tornadoes that went through, where is it last week? Um, yeah, Illinois. Imagine if, if you could imagine if, uh, let's say they went through Chicago. And when they were done, because there were like 30 or 40, when they were done, imagine if Chicago just looked like that. Gone. 
that's what a lot of towns and, and areas in the Philippines uh, look like. Now, personally, um, when I donate to stuff like this, I prefer to donate through the church because every dollar goes to the people in need. The churches are already on the ground, and they know, hey, here's what's needed best rather than an organization coming in from outside and having to assess. Granted, there's some things that they partner with as well, whether it be uh, Red Cross or Samaritan's Purse or whoever. Uh, but I also know that when you give that dollar through the church, uh, those people are they're already staffed and paid. So every dollar goes towards uh, helping wherever the most need is. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Converge Worldwide, we're a part of Converge Mid-Atlantic, which is a regional part of Converge Worldwide. Converge Worldwide has a sister chapter, if you will, that comes under Converge Worldwide called Converge Philippines. And they've been a part working in the Philippines for, I, I think it's 60, a little over 60 years. So they, Converge Mid-Atlantic, has set up an account and some of the other Converge regions as well uh, that goes directly to Converge Worldwide. It's a separate account, and they send that money directly to uh, the churches in the Philippines, to Converge Philippines, and they know where there's the most hit, and they know exactly who needs it, and they use it to help uh, families, help people, uh, help rebuilding and, and all that kind of stuff. So if you, God has laid it on your heart to donate to that, this is one way uh, that you can do that through um, the address is up here. You can send a check directly to them. Uh, and if you want it, it's on our website, or you can ask me later. We have some documentation with their address on it. You can email them for more information. You can call them. Uh, but those funds go directly to uh, the people in the Philippines and directly to those people in need. Also, uh, if you guys did not know, which I'm sure a lot of you didn't, uh, we're to put him on a spot. Where's Jake? Jake is going to be working on the sign out there. And he's going to be doing, from what I understand, rebuilding the foundation, cleaning up, painting the sign, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, that's going to cost some money. So if you guys want to donate to help out with that, feel free. I mean, there's a lot of ways uh, that people are asking for help and donations and a lot of need this holiday season. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> now, now, I don't, I, I don't want to upset anyone, but um, there are some people who say, especially in the church when it comes to money. Uh, let me put it this way. Has anyone ever heard this term, the name it, claim it theology? Okay, where if you just name this thing, this is mine, God's going to do this, then you just claim it and it works. And I don't necessarily believe that. Uh, I do believe that God blesses his people. That's throughout the Bible. I do believe that 100%. He blesses his people. But I don't believe he blesses us um, because we give. I believe he blesses us so that we can give. It's not like, hey, I'll give here and give here and give here, and then I'll turn around and say, okay, God, I've given, give me more. It's God's given me so much so that I can turn around and give where there's a need. And Christy and I, we've seen this in our, throughout our marriage. Anytime there's this windfall of money that comes into our possession, first couple of times we spent it. We didn't have any, you know, we didn't know any better. We were like, woohoo, money. But we learned that when it comes into our possession, somehow a need somewhere arose where what we were blessed with was just the right amount to help meet this need. So we have learned, and when God blesses us, hold on to it, because it's not necessarily for us. It's for us to use to either bless God 
or bless the lives of other people. Now, here's what I also believe. I believe we're the most like God, Christians, when we are generous, when we give. Because there is no other time um, God gave us his son, right? Jesus Christ gave his life for us. And there is no other time when you can see God in a person than when they are just freely giving generously without any expectation. That's a God thing. And I believe that God blesses us so that we can turn around and bless him and bless the lives of others. Now, um, we said that, here's the thing, when it comes to giving, God loves a cheerful giver. There is nothing worse than someone who is giving you something with an attitude or anger or frustration. Or they're like, they're like, here, happy birthday, I hope you enjoy it. Ugh. I mean, that's just not cool. There's nothing worse than that. But the Bible tells us, and we talked about this last week, that God loves a cheerful giver. In 2 Corinthians, Paul tells the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, this is what he says, each man should give what he has decided in your heart to give. And I've said before, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. It's in the Bible. That's what the Bible says. But the heart, who has been transformed by God, is not a wicked thing. God working on your heart. That's why it says what he has decided in your heart to give. And he's talking to the church. He's telling Christians, if God is working in you, if you are a Christ follower, then you will let God work inside you to decide, what should I give? How much should I give? That's why I said if someone just gives a dollar, if 20 people, that's what it takes, 20 people each give a dollar to buy one wheel, they don't care. It's a wheel. They don't care if one person gave it, 20 people gave it, or 50 people had to pull all their resources to give a will. They're happy that they can go to, and this is the cool thing, they can go to a country where, for us, if you're downtown or maybe, you know, if you've been in New York City or something like that, it's rare but not uncommon to see someone dragging themselves with no legs or on, like, a skateboard or something, and that's the only way they get around because they, they can't afford a wheelchair. In countries where they go to give away these wheelchairs, it's uncommon to see someone in a wheelchair. What you're more likely to see is anyone who is crippled or doesn't have the ability to walk, they're all driving, dragging themselves around on the ground. That's more common because they can't afford a wheelchair. And so when we give, whether it be a dollar, 50 cents, whatever it takes, God will bless it, God will use it. Now here's what he says. Uh, in your heart to give, not reluctantly, we're under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. God was happy to give to us, and he loves it when we give happily. And I said the word cheer, uh, cheerful, it's, it's the root word of that is the same word where we get the word hilarious. God wants us to be extremely happy and extremely joy-filled when we give. If we're given something, and we have a little angst about it, or we're angry about it, or we're not happy about it, don't give. Don't waste your time. Save your money and give to that thing that gives you joy. Now, I would add, and I'm not changing the Bible, uh, but I would add uh, not only each man should give what he has decided, but each man should give where he has decided. You don't have to give to every single cause. Give to the ones that bring you joy. For me, I love giving my time, my money, my efforts to the food bank. I don't see any reason with the way that our nation is, with 
way that our cities are, the way that our community is, there should not be a single person that has to go without food, period. No excuses. That's my opinion. That's why I give my time and my money and my effort towards helping out at the food bank. Some of you have, have other places where you give your time and your money and your efforts because that's what you believe in. That's what makes you happy. That's the way it's supposed to work. And when we give to something that brings us joy and makes us happy, then we are more likely to give generously. We're more likely to, to, for lack of a better term, let go, if you're talking financially, of the purse strings because it gives us joy. If you're given to something that you don't like, you don't care about, you don't think about, you're going to only, you know, you're going to try to give as little as possible. Don't waste your time. Find the thing that brings you joy because if you find the thing that brings you joy, you will give generously. You'll also give frequently. You'll give more than just one time. Why? Because it brings you joy. It makes you happy. You enjoy it. And you'll also give freely. And here's the thing. If we're giving generously, frequently, and freely to those things that bring us joy, that are helping others, and we're reflecting God's character when we give, then he's going to give to us generously, frequently, and freely so we can bless him and bless the lives of others because we're, that's when we're mimicking God's character. Now, here's the problem. In the church, when we talk about giving... What do we usually refer to? Money. Money. That's all the church refers to. And I'm not going to, this is, I shouldn't even say this, but I will. Um, When Christy and I were, we were talking to someone, I think it was at one of the hospitals. She was getting some blood drawn or doing something. And we were talking to the nurse. And it's when we were first designing our website. And I asked her, I said, well, let me get her opinion. If you were, I said, if you were looking for a church online, what would you want to see in the website? Well, she was old school because she said, well, if I were looking for a church online, I would think it was a cult. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I said, well, what would you look for in a church in general? And she said, I would look for one that wasn't all about money. And I asked her why. And she said the church that she was at, I won't give any names, the church that she was at, um, they continually hounded her to make sure that she and her husband were giving 10% of their, their tithe, for their tithes, 10% of their salary. And she said it, it got a little bit ridiculous because at one point, and this is, I kid you not, this is what she said, they came to her and her husband and said, we need to see your pay stubs because we don't believe you're giving a full 10%. And she was like irate. And so they left that church and went to another church. And here's the thing, the churches, we, we, we have a, a, a stigma, I don't know what else to call it about us, because everyone believes that churches are all about money. But here's the thing, if you're talking about generosity, money is not all that God gives us. God gives us time, he gives us talents, and he gives us treasure. And if you ask me, in my opinion, time is the most valuable one that he gives us, because no matter what you do, unless you're Doctor Who, you cannot get it back. You cannot get that time. Do you guys know that this was the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who? Okay. Uh, okay. Thank you, and, and yes, okay. Everyone else is like, Doctor Who? Exactly. But he, 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 
actually, um, God, God gives us time. It's, it's a gift. Now, uh, I've said this before. If this is the beginning of time and this is the end of time, I know this is small, but just picture it. Time started somewhere. It's going to end somewhere. God is not bound by that. He sits outside of that. But because it has a start and an end date for us, it's limited. Our time is limited. And here's the thing. Because my time is limited, that means every minute is precious. So if I am spending my time with you, it's because I value you, because I'm giving you something that is extremely precious. It's irreplaceable. No one else can make it up. Your time is valuable. If you are spending your time giving it to somewhere, uh, whether it be at the nursing home or the food bank or, or Special Olympics or, or, or Meals on Wheels or wherever you go to donate your time, that's valuable. If you only donate a half an hour a week, you can't get that half an hour back. There's no way, there's no how. It's gone. It is the most precious thing that we have. Did anyone see the movie? I forget what it's called. I think it was called In Time with Justin Timberlake where they were time. Instead of getting paid with money, people were paid with time. They were found something. Now, obviously, that would never happen because they weren't Doctor Who wasn't in the movie. But they were paid with time, and they got more time, and it was more precious than money because time is valuable. Now, here's this. Here's this. Um, In the book of Ecclesiastes, this was written by Solomon who the Bible tells us was the wisest man that ever lived, okay? But he wrote this at the end of his life. And this is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. uh, I think it was in his like 70s, 80s, or 90s. I can't remember which one he wrote this. He says, he, meaning God, has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. And here, the Amplified Version gives you a, a, a broadcast definition of what the um, Hebrew words for eternity, uh, what they represent um, in men's hearts and minds, a divinely, that means from God, a divinely implanted sense of a purpose, working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Yet so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. There's this understanding that, that, that time, um, we, first, we were created by God, and originally God's intent was that we would spend eternity with God. I mean, our bodies, if you get a cut or you get to a certain degree, they were created, it was created to heal itself. Blood starts rushing, corpuscles does all these things so that the, it can heal itself because God originally planned for us to spend eternity with him. Sin separated us from God that we could not spend eternity with him. And since we cannot spend eternity with him, every moment is precious and valuable. And when you donate your time to helping someone or to being there for someone, in the book of Job, it talks about um, after he had lost everything, money, home, car, everything, children, uh, servants, job, everything gone like in an instant. That seven of his friends, uh, I think it was seven, I forget how many, but they came and they sat with him. And for seven days, they did nothing but be there with him. First thing they did was say, hey, we're going to give you our time. Then they said a bunch of stupid stuff that wiped it all away. But at first, they showed up to say, hey, 
we just want to be here for you. We want to give you our time. The most precious thing you have is your time. So uh, God gives us time that we can be generous with, but he also gives us talents and skills and what is called spiritual gifts uh, in the Bible. Now, here's the thing. If you have a Bible, open it up to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because Paul tells us a little bit about these spiritual gifts. And he's writing again to the church in Corinth. And again, if I, this, is, this is me prioritizing. You pray, let God prioritize them for you. Uh, you may say that, hey, you know what? Your spiritual gifts is more important than your time or whatever. Uh, but time, most important, your gifting, your spiritual gifts, your skills, your talent that you have, uh, second most important. And here's what Paul says. In the book of 1 Corinthians, his first letter to the church in Corinth, uh, he says in chapter 1, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing I want us to understand is that there's a lot of theological stuff here I'm not going to go into. But he makes it clear that... If you are connected to God and acknowledging God as your Lord and Savior, it's because of God's Spirit in you. The very first, and you have to have this before you can have any other spiritual gift, the very first gift that God gives to us is His Holy Spirit. He puts His Holy Spirit in us. Paul writes to a church in um, Ephesus and in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14, and this is in the complete Jewish Bible version. Uh, He writes, Furthermore, you who have heard the message of the truth, the good news offering you deliverance, and put your trust in the Messiah, meaning Jesus Christ, the one whom God promised from the beginning, were sealed by him with the promised Ruach HaKadosh, who guarantees our inheritance until we come into possession of it and thus bring him praise commensurate with his glory. And the reason I put it in this version is, is because if you look in other versions, it says spirit, some say Holy Spirit, The Greek word that used is pneuma, which means spirit, and it's a combination of one word meaning holy and another word meaning spirit. This, in the complete Jewish Bible, they use the Jewish phrase not for a spirit or a holy spirit, but for the very spirit of God, the Ruach HaKadosh, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, the very spirit of God, just like you have a spirit in you. God has a spirit. He takes that spirit and gives it to us once we step across the line of faith. And it's as a promised seal. It's him basically saying, I guarantee that you are mine. Not only does it guarantee us, but it also gives us access to God. Now, anyone, before we were Christians, we could cry out to God. We could pray to God. That's how some of us stepped across the line of faith. Uh, Either we cried out in anger or misery or some of us in just outright desperation. But we have access to God that those who are not Christ followers, they don't have the same access because they don't have God's Holy Spirit. Now, God hears them. It's the same way that if you're walking, and let me, the moms, okay, because if this were the dads, we would just ignore it. We don't care. (laughs) But the moms, if you're walking through a mall and you hear a kid crying, mommy, 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 You'll stop. You hear it. And I didn't mean being rude to the dads, but let's be honest. We're just going to, you know, we're like, why is the mommy going? But we're just going to go about our business. But moms will hear that. They'll stop. Who's calling? He's still calling. But if it's your child, there is a connection there 
that will stop you in your tracks and you can distinguish your child's cry from someone else's child's cry. And I'll tell you this, um, when I was young and I was on the beach and you know how you go down into the water and you come back up, you go down into the water and you come back up, you go down in the water and then when you come back up, somehow you are like 500 feet away from where you came back up last time because, you know, I wasn't paying attention. And so I was around, walking around yelling, mommy, 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 because I didn't know where she was. I thought in my five, I think it was five or six-year-old mind, that in the time that I went down and came back up, they picked up their stuff and left. And as I'm yelling, mommy, 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 I could see, and this is why there wasn't a single dude that looked my way. But every single mom, you could see their heads looking or whatever, like, what's going on? There's a child in danger, and every dude's like, I'm going for a swim or a nap. But moms will hear it. But when it is your child, which is why, even though the beach is covered with people, my mom came running. Of course, she was mad at me because it was my fault. But you can hear. So if you're not a Christ follower, you don't have God's Holy Spirit, you can cry out to him. You can pray to him. He hears you. If you are a Christ follower, you have God's promised Holy Spirit that gives us access to God that those who do not know him do not have. And it also gives us spiritual gifts. So let me finish uh, reading this. Drop down to verse 4. Verse 4 says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service. There's different ways that you can serve. There are different gifts that you get, different ways that you can serve, uh, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them, in all men. It doesn't matter what your gift is. It's given Whether you're serving as a a butcher, a baker, a candlestick major, a preacher, a teacher, a Sunday school teacher, doesn't matter. It's all come from the same God who put the same spirit in each and every one of us. The Bible tells us the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead so that we can use our gifts to bless God and to bless the lives of others. Verse 7, now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. And that word common good in uh, the King James Version, I think it says, for profit. Profit means that you get more than what you put into it. If you if you get less than what you put into it, you're at a deficit. If you get more, you've made a profit. And the idea is that when we use our spiritual gifts, that we get more out of it than what we are putting into it. It may take your very valuable time to go donate at Special Olympics, food bank, nursing home, wherever, Meals on Wheels. But what you get out of it, especially if you are volunteering your time for something that gives you pleasure, is way more than what you put into it. And I got to tell you, I only go to the food bank once a month. And sometimes I miss a month because I'm busy or whatever uh, to help out. And all I do is carry boxes out to people's cars. I'm basically a bag boy. That's That's all I do. I don't help put anything in. I just carry the boxes out to people's cars. But I got to tell you. First of all, I always get hungry when I leave there. But I got to tell you, that's true, I'm always hungry. But, um, and the smell of the cookies isn't helping right now, so I'm going to rush this along. But I got to tell you, when you see people who are like, oh, my gosh, because it's like, here's your box of food, and they're happy. And then they're like, here's the other box, and they're happier. And there's like, here's two bags of produce and a bag of eggs and a bag of frozen meat. They're excited, and I feel good. I didn't have anything to do with it, but I feel good 
just carrying their food to their car, saying, hey, have a happy Thanksgiving, have a great Christmas, um, have a great weekend. And they are just excited. I feel good about doing that. And I got to be honest, it may sound selfish, but if I didn't get anything out of it, I wouldn't waste my time. All right, but drop down to verse 8. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Now, here's the thing. Quickly, there is a difference, and I've said this before, between wisdom and knowledge. Okay? Wisdom is one thing. Knowledge is another. Knowledge means you know a lot of stuff. Wisdom means you know how to use it. All right? Like Solomon, wisest man on the planet. Didn't know a lot about women. 300 wives, 700 friends with benefits. You don't have to be a genius to figure out there's only 365 days in a year. You know what I'm, all right, Anyway, we're going to move on. All right. So, uh, verse 9, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. All of these gifts are given by God. To another, manac- m- m- to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another stingu- distinguishing between spirits, which is discernment, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And I, it just it irks me when I hear people say that the gifts of healing, the gifts of speaking in tongues, all of these gifts, that they're no longer in the church, which is kind of confusing because you're saying God gave these gifts to the church and then he took them away. But there's no record biblically of him taking them away. As a matter of fact, if you look all the way to the end, he tells us we're supposed to be using these gifts. But people, because they are supernatural and spiritual gifts, they tend to shy away from them. And to another, the interpretation of tongues, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. And because of our human differences in how we want to understand things, And what we determine as giving, like because we focus on finances and we take away from the spiritual gifts, there are people who God has given these miraculous gifts and they're not being used because somebody told them, no, God doesn't heal people anymore. No, there's no such thing as speaking in tongues. No, there's no this, there's no that, there's no interpretation of tongues. And so all of these gifts are laying dormant. Imagine, if you will, wow, there's a lot of movie references, but any, any of you guys see uh, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark? And remember how the, at the end they took the ark and they put it in a big warehouse, which is where we believe it is today, a big warehouse in Washington, D.C.? That's what it's like. God has given us these spiritual gifts, but we're just sitting them in a big warehouse. We're not using them. They're just going to waste. But if we were using them, generously giving our gifts, the world would be such a different place. All right, so let me, let, me, let me wrap this up. So God gives us our gifts of time, which we definitely should be generous with because it is extremely valuable. He gives us the gift of spiritual gifts, our skills and talents. And there's a lot of people that have gifts that doesn't even make sense to them but they're not using it to bless God and bless the lives of others. There are people with musical gifts. There are people with preaching and teaching gifts. There are people with uh, administrative gifts. There are people with cooking gifts, even though you won't find that in the Bible. There are people who just throw stuff in a pan, and voila, it looks like it came from the food channel. 
and you could be doing that to help others. It doesn't mean you have to go out and feed 100 people just to bring that and help someone to say, hey, I know you're in need. Here's a meal. So he gives us time. He gives us talents. But the one that most people focus on, and in my opinion, the least important, is he gives us treasure. God does bless us uh, with financial gifts. Now, here's the thing. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize money. Money is important. It's what make, it makes our world go round right now. Without money, we wouldn't be able to do any of the things that, that we do. But way too many congregations, I'm just talking about the church, focus on money. And right now, if you were to assess the congregations just in the United States, literally property, assets, money, hundreds of billions of dollars. And yet, every single day, and I forget how many, but somewhere between 10 and 20 community churches are closing their doors because they don't have enough money to stay open. They don't have enough money to pay the light bill, to pay the heat, to pay the, you know, whatever other utilities that they have to pay. And money is such a big issue. We should be teaching our youth how to handle money. But we should also teach them it is not the most valuable thing that they have. Here's why. We don't get to assess how much money we have. Our, our, our worth and our value, you guys know how the stock market rises and, and changes and all that stuff. You know how the, the price of the dollar or the price of the yen or the price of the uh, euro rises and falls because it's assessed that it's now worth this and it's now worth that. And when we were doing the, the money talk with the Rush Youth Group, uh, here's what we found. Right? I'm not going to put the verse up there, but in uh, 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 14, it says that Solomon's annual salary was 666 talents of gold. Now, he also had silver, bronze, and at one point it says he had so much silver that it became worthless. There was just way too much silver. But he also had sheep coming in, wood, grain, wine, all kind of stuff, but just gold, 666 talents, and we figured this out, that if we were figuring it out today, uh, that in 2013, November, it would be, uh, based on a talent is, I think, 25 tons. You multiply that times 25 times the price of silver. At that time, it was 1,200 and something, uh, $997 million and change. Actually, it was $997,600,000 per year just in gold. That's not including all of his other assets, and that's every year. That's what was coming into him. But he had 300 wives and 700 friends with benefits. He probably didn't see a penny of it. But... That's what was coming into him, right? Now, here's the thing. That's today. That same amount of money he had coming in just five years ago, 2008, was only worth $697 million. Same amount of money, same weight, same amount of money coming in wasn't worth as much five years ago. Ten years ago, $356 million. Because the worth, even though it was the same amount, the worth changes And he's not the one who got to say, here's how much it's worth. If we had that much money, we're not the ones who get to say, I have that much gold that I've invested in. But over time, it could increase or decrease. And we're not the ones who get to say what that value is. And when I was born, it was that same amount, 27 million. And here's the reality. When some of you were born, it was only a couple hundred thousand. Same amount of gold. 
our treasure is not our most valuable asset. From God's perspective, we are, the church, his most valuable asset on the planet. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And as they do, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And again, I know we constantly talk about the fact that, you know, hey, give to this and give to that. And and, uh, there's a need for this and there's a need for that. And again, if you take stock of the most valuable assets that you have, your time, which is extremely valuable and irreplaceable, your talents, the spiritual gifts that God has blessed you with, and then lowest on the scale, your treasure, you would be surprised at how much you actually have to give. How much you have to be generous with. So I'm going to pray, and um, after we pray, we're going we're gonna to just sing one more song and then uh, go eat a lot of cookies. But just bow your heads with me. God, we acknowledge that sometimes we look at our assets, either things we have or we don't have, and we feel like we have nothing to give. We feel like that we cannot make a difference. We feel like there's no way that we can help out or, or, or uh, make an impact, maybe in our families, maybe in our communities, maybe in our culture. But God, you look at us and you say that we are so cherished and that we are your most prized possession on this planet. So you make available to us the time that we want to to donate and to help others. You have given us the spiritual gifts that you have blessed us with to bless the lives of others. And you give us the financial resources that we can use to bless the lives of others. God, sometimes we, we, we get caught up in the fact that because we're not doing something, we think that we can't do something. But again, it just astounds me. It amazes me that you love us so much that you make us able to give in ways that we have not imagined. God, we pray that as we leave here today, that you would pierce, not just break, pierce our hearts with ways that we can use what you have already blessed us with to be a blessing to you to bless the lives of others. God, our heart's desire is that we would be more like you. And we know that your Holy Spirit is transforming us so that we can be more and more like you. But never are we more like you than when we give generously of our time, our talents, and our treasure. When we give those things generously, demonstrated by healing blind people, by healing the lame, by giving your time to those in need, by giving your Holy Spirit to us. God, again,
again over this holiday season, there will be so many opportunities for us to use what you have blessed us with to just bless the lives of others. God, we pray that you can open our eyes to these opportunities and allow us to give with such tremendous God, we just thank you for what you gave to us. You gave your life. You shed your blood. And for that, we can never pay. We give you praise and honor and glory. And all God's people say, amen. Thank you guys so much for your time and spending your time with us this morning. Pray that you have an awesome, awesome Sunday. Pray that you have a very blessed and generous Thanksgiving. Pray that you join us in uh, taking out on some